1: Hey everyone, this is Roman Prokopchuk, and this is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast. Today I have with me Veronica Abrams. She's the speaker and the host of the Hero Academy Podcast. Thanks for joining me today.
0: Thanks so much for having me, Roman. I really appreciate it.
1: My pleasure. So tell me a little bit about your journey. How did you get to where you are today?
0: Wow, that's... um. <laughs> Uh, it's a. It, I feel like it's a crazy story. I mean, I've I've been an entrepreneur for the last ten years. I've always operated my own businesses, and um, I thought I had it all together. I really thought I did. Um, but three years ago, uh, I hit. I don't even call it rock bottom. I feel like that's overused. But within the span of six weeks, and this is how I got more into coaching and speaking, and um, really being passionate about confidence and transformation. And um, three years ago, within the span of six weeks, I lost pretty much everything that was dear to me. So not so much my business, but my partner came to me, somebody I, I was completely in love with and then I thought I was going to marry, came to me and said, you know, I'm not in love with you anymore. And my social group, because I had been so immersed in business and, and all that, my social group was so attached to that relationship. It was, you know, a lot of the girlfriends and the wives. And I thought we were solid because we were kind of the core, of the center of that group. Um, but all those friendships disappeared almost overnight. My best friend and her husband, the only ones that really knew of any problems that we we're having, uh, moved out of country, moved to Spain. And my mother moved away as well, which was fine. You know, she retired, she moved uh, to live with my brother. So I'm from Canada, and she moved to, you know, a couple provinces over to Alberta. And I turned 30, to the sound of crickets. So this was a complete 180 from the year before. The year before, big party, lots of people, boyfriend coming out with a MacBook Pro. Like I never really had that before, so it was, It was such a shock to the system to be like, wow, this is amazing. My life is really coming together to, oh my God, it's all gone. I don't know if you could swear. Can you swear on this or just like, okay. (laughs) So yeah, in the span of six weeks, all of that was gone. And yeah, I turned 30, this milestone age. And I never, I I didn't really have, like, I'm not one of those people who like makes these grand plans. And I I wasn't necessarily somebody that was like, I'm going to get married and have kids and da, 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 in a certain order. But I definitely didn't imagine that would happen and it crushed me. It absolutely, it was devastating. I, that feeling of being so alone and so abandoned, I would never wish that on anybody ever. And I wish I could say I put my big girl pants on and, and you know, I was like, well, obviously like I have built a life that can just disappear and it's built on quicksand. I got to do something about this. But I spiraled for a period of about uh, eight months to a year and I fell into... Really severe depression, anxiety, um, alcohol, drug addiction, and I was not a big partyer. Like when I'm talking about, like, I'm gonna down a bottle of wine to pass out tonight because I can't like stand my life, and I'm gonna do like uppers during the day so I could be cheery for business because everybody's, you know, this isn't like me like partying and 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 going crazy out there. It was just like nobody's listening to your violin, really. And yeah, so that was really when I got to the point where I said, you know, Veronica this is not sustainable nobody's here listening to your little um, sad song and at the end of the day i had to ask myself a question and it was do you want to die and i know that's a really serious question and i want to i want to stress to people when somebody has that question pop up in their mind it's not that they want to die the answer was i just don't want to live so sad anymore and that was a beginning when I took personal responsibility and said, okay, it's me that needs to change and transform my life, that I started to apply myself and little by little coming to a place where my identity, my self-confidence was not rooted in validation from other people. And I don't think we realize how much that is until we have an event like this. That's so tragic. And we realized that we were seeing our value in relation to how other people value us because that's the thing is like how do you answer that question how do you know you're worthy of love when nobody loves you and there could be times in your life when you get to that place and you don't have anybody so you've got to have a really solid sense of identity so I went through my own journey of discovering my identity and I made a commitment at the beginning of that and it was a really simple prayer where I said, you know, if I get through this, I'm gonna help other people. And I kind of forgot about it. But as I went through my own transformation journey and started talking about it, then all these opportunities came up. And I little by little transitioned more from uh, my business was transforming homes, designing renovations to helping other people transform their lives.
1: No, that's awesome. And I think uh, oftentimes people fall into, you know, different things. You know, I had death in the family, illnesses and they come and kind of wave so i don't think ever you're kind of aligned totally like professionally and personally there's always that kind of one thing you have to overcome and if you don't you know conquer or get past it and everybody deals with it their own way obviously some people can just brush it off maybe find different things to you know harness that energy and move forward and other people obviously have certain things to go through but i think obviously the key is getting past that I think it's important, like you said, sharing that story because there's at least one person out there with a similar story, a similar situation, and maybe is losing hope and maybe is, you know, contemplating like what's going on with my life. Is it, you know, worth living? I've had several people in terms of this show, guests, that have gone through different things. So, you know, overwhelming things in school, then losing, you know, tens of millions of dollars in a recession and owing people, you know, seven, eight figures in terms of paying back loans know people leaving them everybody has something they're, they're dealing with and going through and I think it's important to share that story like you're saying in terms of helping others and also kind of be available and speak up about it
0: absolutely and and that's the thing too is when we go through our hard times, we believe that that's what disqualifies us. We're like, you know, I I obviously like uh, my health is really poor. My finances are really poor. My relationships are really poor. My self-confidence is really poor. But the thing that you're struggling with, the thing that you think disqualifies you is the thing that's going to get you authority when you go through that journey and you end up on the other side, then you're the teacher. So. I'm the teacher when it comes to self-confidence and identity and transformation. Why? Because I had to go through it. So the very thing you think disqualifies you is the thing that's going to give you authority. So go through the journey. And I think that there's this combination of taking radical responsibility, but we think radical responsibility means really beating ourselves up. I did not get through addiction and, you know, recovering from addiction and all those kinds of things by beating myself up. I looked at myself at, at, at the hurt person I was, and I had, Incredible compassion and even when I think back, I I don't feel shame shame. You know, they say that uh, Comparison is the thief of joy shame is a thief of motivation Because it tears you down Whereas you could say, you know what? I'm made for more. I'm better than this. I can do better. That's a little that's different Compassion says I was acting out of hurt now. I'm aware I can make a different choice so there's this uh melting pot of compassion and taking radical responsibility when you combine those two things and you're able to start your transformation journey that's what it takes for you to start climbing out because you have to have at least some sort of seed of belief in yourself you know just that a a little little tiny seed planted a belief that you deserve more and you're capable of better
1: yeah and i think it's being kind of self-aware also and admitting to yourself that what you're going through is okay. And if you want to obviously get out of it, take a step, regardless if it's, you know, a big step, a small step, just a step moving forward. Because I mean, life for everyone, you know, on social media and stuff like that, you see the highlight reel of people's lives, you know, vacations, this and that social life, but you don't see the, you know, the dark behind kind of the scenes in terms of getting to where they are, or some of the things that you don't see in terms of their life not really being perfect in terms of relationships things they're dealing with so i think it's important to kind of understand that and if you are dealing with something come to terms with it and figure out what you have to do in your own way to move past it
0: 100 percent. and one thing i had realized i mean that part of like taking responsibility maybe there's an event that you didn't have control of but this this what happens is that is you have an event and then you start telling yourself a story about that event, how you choose to frame it. From how you choose to frame it, it leads to, once you do that consistently, it leads to a belief. It gets rooted in in your heart and your mind. And then from that belief, it leads to behaviors. Now the behaviors are aligned, not necessarily to the event, but to your belief. So that those behaviors then act lead to other events. So we start this, you know, even if you're to look back and say okay, it wasn't my fault that, you know, my partner cheated on me or whatever it was. But it was your decision to stay in a relationship that didn't necessarily exemplify the values that you say are important to you and that's that's you, there's always a part where you got to take responsibility. I looked at my relationships and I realized, look, I say that I value love, that one of my core values are love, but I was not in a mutually loving relationship. That was on me because I'd been unhappy for a very long time. Or if you are within business and it's not something that really rejuvenates you, it's not something that you're passionate about, it's killing you and you are in it because you went to university or college for a certain thing because your parents put pressure on you to be successful in a specific field. I get it, but there's A time where you have to take radical responsibility and say, look, I'm going to curate my life according to my core values. And the problem is that we're curating our life to our feelings. But you and I know we could probably get a notification on our phone right now or an email right now. And when we read it, it changes our emotions instantly, right? There's probably going to be something that's a trigger to both of us. Let's just be honest. So your feelings are so volatile and we're not honoring our feelings because we're giving them a place in our life that they're not meant to have. And feelings don't tell you what's true. Feelings are a tool that will show you how you perceive yourself in the world around you. Core values, that's your true north. And I realized, you know, with business, it's super trendy, here, figure out your core values. I hit 30 and I didn't know what my core values are. How do you curate your life without knowing what your core values are? You should be able to tell somebody right away what your core values are. And I think that when we think about it, then we can kind of, you know, we're okay, like I want love and, you know, integrity and trustworthiness, these kinds of things, but you got to really, really define them. Cause if you don't define them, how are you going to know that you're on tra- trajectory? That's why companies have core values. You're not about everything. And it doesn't mean that the, the company or building next to you is any less you know, uh, great because they have different core values. But how do you create a life if you don't identify what your true north is? And I had to go through a journey of identifying my true north and I picked five. I went through a practice and I take my clients through and I've got a worksheet for free online as well. But I identified five core values And I said, you know what? I'm going to curate my life according to these values, regardless of how I feel. And that became the thing that really grounded me.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think that's kind of the pillar because otherwise you're kind of guided by your emotions and that will leave you impulsive in terms of your decisions. I had actually a uh, neuroscientist talking about kind of disaster avoidance and how he works with uh, corporations to basically take the emotion out of it and take those kind of uh, barriers. I think there's like about 30 different things that your mind jumps to that um, kind of takes away the uh, risk avoidance factor and makes you make like risky decisions that aren't the best for, you know, personally or your company. So I definitely agree with that
0: hundred percent. And it just makes things clear because God, like life is complicated. It, it's really complicated, you know, to, to say, um, like for example, love, like I said, was one of my values and I said, okay, well I got to define it further. And I call this a guiding, guiding principle. So love, what does that mean to be? Me? Because maybe somebody else would define it differently than me. It's really important for you to define it for yourself. And I said to operate from a place of kindness, compassion, and respect towards other and towards my myself. Kindness, compa- compassion, and respect. So then I was able to self audit, one, how I was operating, but two, other people coming into my life, other influences. It doesn't matter how close I am to this family member, to this friend, at the end of the day, is this a relationship that will you know, contribute to this culture of kindness, compassion, and respect? If not, then no, it doesn't make it in. And it just, it gives you so much clarity where you wouldn't have had it otherwise.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I think that's the hard part when you, if you do redesign uh, redesign those core values and you decide, you know, some close friends or family don't align with that or aren't the best in terms of, you know, people you surround yourself with kind of not necessarily phasing them out, but spending less time and having them have less influence on your life. I think it gets hard because you don't want, you know, close friends or family mad at you or thinking they're, that you're ignoring them, but oftentimes you have to kind of recalibrate that.
0: Here's the thing too, is let people be mad. Like stop trying to police other people's emotions. They're allowed to feel hurt. They're allowed to feel upset. You know, we, we want people to be okay with us for us, not for them. And sometimes we gotta just allow people to be angry. I've had family members that were fairly destructive and I did have to create distance and I told them that I love them, you know, but sometimes you got to love somebody from afar and it hurt them. It hurt them friends that I couldn't be there for because they had a really severe mental illness and they need professionals in that. They don't need somebody to enable them. And my personality is somebody that's super empathetic and I'll go over and above, but that's not what they need, but they're going to be drawn to that and I'm going to be drawn to help them. So you know, we've got to just allow people to be hurt. Stop trying to police their feelings.
1: <laughs> yeah, I agree. So what motivates you to succeed?
0: My why? A couple of things. So my why at the beginning of this journey was because I didn't necessarily have the, the greatest self-confidence, but I felt this hurt. And just the idea that other people are feeling that hurt was, I got to get through this for other people. That was my why then. All right. Now, I think your why is is super, super important. And this is a question I ask myself constantly in order to self audit and make sure that I'm on track. So my why is self-exploration, self-discovery. It's not validation. So I really want to die empty. I don't want to die with... Potential it's not even about if it's gonna work or not, you know, whether it's a business deal or this or that It's not even about if it's going to work (laughs) For me, I just really want to lay it all out there because we don't know regardless of what your belief system is We don't really know what happens when we die. We don't Some people have faith that it could be this or that but the only thing we know is the impact That we can make on this earth and you've got one shot here this time at this moment to create an impact. And my thought process is the only place I know I will live is within the memory of people. And when I'm gone, what am I going to leave behind? Whether it's the impact I made on their life, whether they know it or not, whether it's how they think of me. So my motivation is I don't want to die without Veronica being known for who she was. You know, they, there's this. Quote, uh, you were created uh, an original, don't die a copy. I want at least people to know who Veronica was. I don't want this lifetime to pass. And Veronica never made an appearance. That would be the most tragic thing ever. And they say the most, the richest places on earth are graveyards. Where there's songs that weren't written. Inventions that were never made. uh, Loving words that were never said. So I don't want to go to the grave with potential. If I get the privilege of being able to live until I'm old, I want to die empty. That's my motivation.
1: Yeah, I agree, and I think uh, I think everyone owes it for I guess the people that came before them also, in terms of kind of leaving a legacy. And not everybody who's driven kind of that heart led kind of entrepreneur, but I think uh, from my 20s to my 30s, I switched over to that and it's actually worked out exponentially better than if i was focusing on money or titles or anything of that nature and last year my grandfather passed away so you know he said he was proud of me in terms of what i was doing professionally and me being a foster parent and stuff like that in my personal life so when he passed away i went through that kind of grieving process but then i had a choice was i would get to you know be depressed and just stop performing and doing the things that I was kind of, uh, I guess, in my opinion, destined to do in terms of taking that action or, you know, do something about it. So I think doing that really honors, you know, your loved ones in terms of reaching your full potential as well.
0: A hundred percent. I know uh, we both come from immigrant families and something I realized is that there were poverty cycles that were really happening over and over again. And it's on me to make sure I don't allow that to persist. So I'm gonna do that work so that my kids or the people around me don't pick up on that as well. Even if it, it, it's they get more prosperity and abundance out of it than I do, I think it's important to plant those seeds, absolutely. Yeah,
1: and like you said, I think it's uh, important to break those kind of generational habits and cycles because obviously if you fall into it and that's your environment, it's tough to get out of those environmental influences.
0: Mm-hmm. and I don't know i, I that's a self ex, uh, exploration aspect of it too. I mean, the most beautiful beautiful things that um, came out of my life came from like the hardest times. Those are the most satisfying <laughs> wins I'd have to say. so even the most tragic events, I look at those things and I think, you know what, um, what do I have to learn from that And not only that, but I think it's a privilege to at least go through life with some bumps and scratches. And and I don't I don't know. I'd rather I rather almost live, I don't want to say recklessly, but to some extent, have these vastly diverse experiences because it, it allows you to be have more wisdom and also more empathetic to others. I am so much more empathetic now in my 30s than I was in my twenties. I was such a hard ass, you know, on people. But now I understand why people are, are behaving a certain way, you know, what their story is or, or part of their story is and why they're hurting, why they're acting out or why they're stuck. And from there, I can, again, you know, that's your experience on the other side, you're the teacher, you can speak then to their pain, to their struggle and say, I get you. I understand you. I also know that this isn't all that you're made for. And there's something else on the other side for you.
1: Yeah and and going through those things I think eventually everyone will go through a you know life changing event that's negative uh, or you know tough in terms of emotion a loss a death something they struggle with but like you said it it you take something away from it and basically use it for the next thing so obviously like you said you're you're self exploring and building and giving you your all you know potential or something eventually you're going to come to something bigger a bigger wall a bigger hurdle and what you've went through in terms of that pain that will prepare you and get you through that kind of next plateau and have you climb that
0: Mm -hmm. and that i mean depending on how you frame an event again you can come out broken or more resilient so it's it's incredibly important when you go through something to be as reflective as possible um even with negative events, there's certain ways to frame those. And one thing um, I've done to, to take a look at, like, okay, am I getting uh, going through a downward spiral, or what's going on? Is it's okay to feel sad? It's okay to feel angry, as long as you don't project it into the future. There's one thing to say: I'm really, I'm really sad about my my grandpa dying. Like, I'm sad, and you can you can in a healthy way deal with those emotions. It's another thing to say. My grandpa died everybody I love leaves me everybody you know that's close to me dies I can never have close relationships you see how that projects into the future so you don't want to project that into the future but it's okay to feel it in the moment and really say hey I'm sad I'm, you know I miss him all these kinds of things so that's another thing I've, I've done too is like when you go through something feel the feeling it's okay but do not project it into your future Start telling yourself a different story because you're going to then establish a different belief and that belief will establish, uh, will lead to different behaviors. And those behaviors will lead, lead to other events that are not in alignment with necessarily the emotion or the feeling you got in the moment.
1: Yeah, I agree. So what's one thing you may have seen as a weakness in yourself in the past that you utilize now as a strength?
0: So... I think pretty much any quality you have has like a light and a dark side to it. And it's understanding those things, you know, you look at superheroes, right? So it's not to say it's a good or bad thing, but it's how you harness it or how you protect the weak side of that, you know, through boundaries or uh, partnering with somebody else who's stronger and that sort of thing. So me, I am, I am very empathetic. I will like give you the shirt off my back. <laughs> so what I've realized and I went through like doing one-on-one coaching, I was like, I am not going to do one-on-one coaching because I am too connected to people. So how can I actually use my ability to connect in a way that will provide value while also protecting myself, which is why there's the podcast. Which is why there's workshops, which is why I do online trainings, which is why I speak. I will go and give and connect, and I'm able to build rapport very, very quickly. It's probably why I was really successful in, in booking business too for the last 10 years. But it protects my energy at the same time. And people are like, oh, you got to do one on one coaching. And I tried it, I did it, didn't like it. Not because I wasn't good at it, but because I realized the way that I connect with people. I have to save those intimate long-term connections for family and friends and those closest to me so but I can serve and I can use this gift of empathy this skill in a way that's able to serve others so that's something that I thought for the longest time was a weakness of mine and then I realized you know what there's a place for that how can I take that and have it as, as superpower, which is why I can be on stage and connect with people, which is why I can go to a mixer and end up being, you know, closely connected to 10 different people and they feel close and, and heard and understood. So it's important to look at, at those things that we think are either strengths or weaknesses and just see where's the place for it. And also, how can I um, shield the the weak part of that or, you know, the backside that's not as guarded, right?
1: Yeah, I agree. And I think that whole empathy, I think, I I guess, I don't know if I struggle the right word with empathy, but I try to help everyone I see. And then realizing that maybe saying no sometimes is better for that situation. And by saying no, you can do a lot more greater good in that situation as well.
0: Exactly. And, uh, you know, you owe it to well, I don't want to say you owe it to the world, but it's important to harness that gift in a way that's empowering for everybody. And and that's what I said before, is I realized that there were some people that, you know, if they were struggling with depression or mental illness, I was probably not the right person for them. Right. They needed to go to somebody who would be able to create a little bit more distance and get out of that emotion because they don't need somebody to start perpetuating that emotion. What they need is somebody to give them steps for the next things and also to have enough distance there where they can just talk strategy and not perpetuate, you know, what that feeling or emotion is. So there are circumstances where that's really great, which is like a, you know, Public setting or something like that, where you're really um, that emotion is like blowing up, with, whether it's like on stage or whatever, but not necessarily in a one-on-one setting. So um, it's an interesting practice to be like, what do you think are your strengths? What do you think are your weaknesses? And then break it down, like what's the lighter dark side of that?
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I think I mean I've had people, which I don't disagree is their opinion. Kind of, you know, I don't have any um, weaknesses. I just uh, double down on my strengths. Well, eventually you got to come to a realization, what is the strength and what is a weakness and what that kind of healthy balance is, how you can pivot that. Or if you think, I think a lot of um, personal or social skills are a lot more important than, you know, book smarts. So if I'm hiring somebody, I can teach them anything if they have the desire to learn, but I can't necessarily teach them like inherent leadership skills or, or drive. They have to kind of develop that on their own.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I mean, people can change. And I think it really depends, again, where that motivation is coming from. Um, If it's connected to your why, you're going to be driven to put the work in. And if it's connected to your core values, and then if it's in alignment with your passions. So the core values, that why and your, your passions, if you could find something in between there, even if you're not developed in it yet it's going to give you that, that drive of momentum and motivation to become skilled in it.
1: Yeah, I agree. So what's one piece of advice you may have for the audience, personal or professional?
0: So both, the biggest lesson I learned is identify your core values. So I realized that my self-confidence was low because I was breaking promises to myself. So you might think that you're going to be self-confident when you've got, you know, 15K in your bank account or um, that body, but you're not. You're going to feel confident when you learn to keep promises to yourself and it's a muscle that you practice. If you're poor at it at the beginning, I'm going to tell you it's because you're not practiced at it and that's okay. You can get practiced. and. So that, that's really important. I have a, um, a download on my website, just veronicaabrams.com. It's a free download. I just put a, you know, I was talking about how I did one-on-one coaching. I just now put all like my worksheets online. So identify what your five core values are and start curating your life according to that. And as you start to keep promises to yourself, you will build self-confidence because other words for self-confidence is trust in yourself, faith in yourself. But figure out what your true north is not what other people say it should be not what your partner your parents your friends what kind of life do you want to have and curate it to that and start keeping promises to yourself do not break promises to yourself and then there's also the humility as like we want to make a big promise start with small promises and work up from there Um, when i identified what my core values were i printed out that sheet i had it in front of the toilet i had it on my fridge i had it on my phone you know wallpaper I had it everywhere I read it to myself every day multiple times a day until that was the thing that was ingrained in my mind so identify what your core values are it's not just for trendy startups it's for you if you don't feel happy with your life and start making uh, stop start keeping promises to yourself Um, I strongly believe in consistency over grand gestures so For example, if it's working out every day and you want to start a ritual and a practice that's aligned with that, I don't want your one hour because you know what? You're not practiced in that. You don't have that discipline and that's okay. Take a five-minute ritual routine, no days off for 7, 14, or 21-day streak, and then you earn the right to to level up from there. But you're going to start banking wins. That are in alignment with your values. And once you start doing that, you'll get a very solid sense of identity and your confidence will build. So that right there, that practice and those things kind of work together. So scaling your rituals, identifying your core values and keeping promises to yourself that those would be the group of things that will be life-changing. It's not fancy, but it makes a hell of a difference. So be humble enough to start small because you can make amazing progress within 30, 60, 90 days, 12 months, two years.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I think starting off, like you said, with something like I'm going to work out two, three hours a day when you never did it. It's not really like exercising that muscle per se. So starting at five minutes, 10 minutes, and eventually when you become, as it becomes a part of your life or a habit, it becomes easier and easier and you can basically transition and build on that.
0: Absolutely. I mean, and that's to um, you think, you know, why can't I just do the thing? It, it actually, it, you're, you're plowing a new neural pathway. So my background's actually in bio and genetics. You're plowing a new neural pathway. It actually takes an incredible neural load to do something that's out of habit. So the reason you start with something small is because you're, you're starting to lay those tracks and it'll get easier as time goes on, but it, it will be hard if you go from zero to 100. So there's even, you know, a physiological reason why you would start small is because that's how your brain works in establishing habits.
1: Yeah, I agree. What do you think about like, I mean, I, I can relate it to the gym, but let's say you worked out for five years and then you fell off that it's kind of easier to get into it because you've already reached a certain level. So something else like maybe in life you reached a certain, uh, developed a certain trait or reached a certain level. And then for some reason, you know, you pivoted somewhere else or you fell into something you think that it's easier because you already reached it and you kind of built that muscle up previously to get back to where you were?
0: Yeah, so I mean, it, it depends. Um, I have a no days off thing for, for working out. Minimum 15 minutes, doesn't matter when. Every single day, there's there's no days off. I'd rather do a small practice than to miss the day. Um, I've been sick. I don't know if it's Corona or what, but I'm, I'm, I'm self-quarantined, <laughs> uh, tainting myself. So, but... Uh, I know that I've had this practice for two years. So right now my lungs not so great, doing some like walks with the dogs and that kind of thing, still doing my movement every single day. But when I feel that I'm better, I'm gonna go back now. It, it it is gonna be hard, but I don't think it's gonna be as hard as starting from zero. Had I not had that practice, and that's that's why too. You start with one practice, so you know people are like, "Oh, you got a journal, you got to work out, you got to meditate." Okay, pick one of those things, establish a thirty-minute ritual with it. You know, taper it up 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 until you're at whatever goal you want. Then introduce the next one. But it becomes easier and easier to do that. As you as you practice. So, you know, for somebody to who has, you know, incredible discipline for them to integrate another practice doesn't isn't as difficult as somebody starting from like no rituals or, or practices. So um, it's going to be hard. I know it's going to be. Um, but it's going to be easier yeah, than starting from zero, but I would highly, highly encourage people to take on a no days off approach when it comes to building your rituals, because your, your brain needs that no days off until you feel very confident that if you go on vacation or this or that, you're going to be able to fall back to your norm because your baseline is not, you know, sixth state you're in or whatever. It's, it's that ritual or habit. That's your baseline.
1: Yeah, I agree. So I really appreciate you stopping by today. Can you let the audience know how they can find you?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, you can find me uh, Hero Academy podcast. So check us out. Check out the podcast. I'm all about the hero journey. Everybody's on a hero journey, but we're going to tell stories from different backgrounds, origins, um, because it's important to hear people's struggles, not just their, like you said, their highlight reel. And uh, Veronica Abrams, it's Veronica spelt with a K, Abrams, A-B-R-A-M-S, on Instagram, just all together. And veronicaabrams.com. If anybody wants to download any of those worksheets, then feel free to do that.
1: Awesome. Thanks again for stopping by.
0: Thank you for having me. This podcast has been brought to you by Nova Zora Digital. Find out how Nova Zora Digital can help your company grow online. Learn more at NovaZoradigital.com. Until next time, all you digital savages.